everybody. Or good afternoon. You always say good morning. I know. Only because it's the morning. You never know when people are listening. (laughs) It's almost the afternoon for us anyway. Well, welcome back to our podcast. (laughs) Maybe we should start introducing our podcast. I know. Because we never do that. You know what? We should have like a formal intro. There's a girl. I listen to the Blonde Files. Mm. She has like this really beautiful intro. Yeah. I'm... Ariel Laurie and I'm here to talk about or talk with the movers and shakers of the world and I'm like <laughs> this is beautiful and here we are like hey how's it going well it's I I really only listen to two podcasts and they're both <laughs> they're both murder podcasts <laughs> so it's my favorite murder and they start with their song and then they oh, start right. kind of how we do that's why I always figured it Same. was like fine because they you can tell they're like in the middle of having a conversation when they start recording and then they keep their conversation going and then they're like oh hey they're so, so fun, though. I know. It's so funny. So I was like, oh, I love that. Or if you listen to Morbid, they do, they say, they do their intro and then song and then oh, they you're get right. into it. So it's. And it, they always introduce yeah, their podcast. Like, I'm Ash. I'm Elena. This is Morbid. See, <laughs> I don't. We need like a ring, a ringer. Uh, I'm, I'm Taylor. <laughs> She's Skylar. And this is. <laughs> I feel like we did that in the beginning. <laughs> Anywho. I'm good with it. This is Teacher's Talk. Hi, welcome. It's our podcast that we made one day. <laughs> How, when did we start? Over July. The summer? Yeah, oh. that was our first episode. I went back and I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. When we have our one year anniversary, we'll do something fun. That will be fun, yeah. Crazy. But welcome back to part two (laughs) part two of elements of teaching because i didn't realize how much i had (laughs) yeah part one wasn't enough it wasn't i'm really excited to get into the next six elements well especially because my favorite one and we'll get into it is the pleasure one and it's something that we've talked about a lot so i'm kind of excited for that one but i kid you not i was like typing up all these notes and i didn't think it was gonna last an hour long it's six pages it is it's a lot of pages but i was like nah it won't be that long because i'll just read through it i'll just read it you know what's so funny is like when we used to listen to morbid Mm -hmm. they also do notes Mm -hmm. and they would always say oh yeah i have like so many pages of notes Mm -hmm. i always thought like huh i've never thought about like writing that much for a podcast but you like you do you gotta prepare yeah you do i that's i mean <laughs> if you listen to our one episode where we just babble <laughs> for 45 clearly minutes. we weren't ready time <laughs> that one was fun it was fun got some good feedback on that one from one person <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to know that <laughs> shout out to you carter uh, yes carter milgren we love just, you we love you <laughs> we talked about it yesterday we were like yeah. wow that was the first episode where we didn't mention Carter Mogren. Yeah, so now we're mentioning her now. We have to. Yeah, we have to. Every almost every episode. <laughs> so funny. shout out to you, Carter Mogren. Thanks for listening. Yes. And I think you listen with your girls, which is which awesome is so too. Fun. So hi girls. Makes me happy. <laughs> hi ladies. All right. Well, let's we're, jump we're into on day it two. Let's go. There's a lot. Can so. we recap really fast just yes. what we've covered? So you go ahead. Um, okay, so I'm scrolling through the six pages of notes of to mine. the top. <laughs> Here we go. So the first element of teaching that we covered was learning mm-hmm. in the aspect of basically the teacher's perspective of learning. You have um, to have a love yeah. of it. Just a love of learning. Um, second, being authority. Being authoritarian is not the way to go. Authoritative. You want to, you want to be authoritative, authoritative. authoritarian, not yeah. authoritarian. Yeah. Discipline does not mean... Um, harsh punishment punishment Mm -hmm. yeah and then we went into ethics and how to teach ethics and basically how to be 
a human being with morals. Yes, essentially. essentially. Just no harm should ever come to your students, both physically and emotionally, mm-hmm. things like that. Your classroom's a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one we covered was order and how there's beauty and order and you're teaching them basically to get ready for the real world. Yep. Great. Right. So number five, go number for it. Number five is imagination. So imagination above all other elements of teaching requires teachers to see themselves again at another earlier stage of life with lesser um, because comparatively less formed intellectual powers. So it's basically like imagining yourself as your students is how I see it. So that imagination comes with you having that imagination of putting yourself in your students place. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say, taking our master's degree again has kind of helped open my eyes up to what it was like to be a student because some teachers haven't been students since college, mm-hmm. you know, and it's been a long time, but it is nice to put yourself in the perspective of of students, even though college and elementary school are vastly different. Oh, yeah. It, it does make you think like, okay, is what I'm putting on my students too much at this time? Like, mm-hmm. is this developmentally appropriate? Yes. Stuff like that. So. Yes. So within imagination, there are kind of bullet points that, and let me reiterate, this is from The Elements of Teaching by James M. Banner Jr. and Harold C. Cannon. Um, This was recommended to me by our Dean of Instruction at our school, who is amazing. Um, And I I said it last episode that I truly believe that this is a book that everyone should read before becoming a teacher or you know, if you are already a teacher, I feel like this is definitely a book that should be read. Um, So imagination in teaching begins with confidence that knowledge is transferable. So knowing that you can pass on your knowledge Mm -hmm. onto your students. Um, Imaginative teachers find their own ways to enhance learning. Mm -hmm. So imagination is among the most demanding components of teaching for the success of teaching depends largely on a teacher's rigorous and continual evaluation and reevaluation of students' moods, maturity, aptitude, attitude, and character. So we are constantly reevaluating our students' growth and adapting our teaching to their growth. Well, and I even think like when we have units and lesson plans, like adapting it to your current environment of mm-hmm. students because yeah. it's going to be different year to Every year. year. Mm-hmm. And for middle school and high school teachers, it's going to be different class to class, you know, and you yeah. want to make sure that you are engaging them with all the appropriate tools for that class. Yes. Yeah. So that's how I see that one as well. Um, It's demanding, but it's effective. (laughs) Very. (laughs) Um, Imagination means visualizing students' futures. I do that every day of my life. Yeah. So especially when it comes to those different personalities, you think, well, what do you what can I see this student being and how can I aid in that? career that you think that they might be I love doing that I know I'm always like oh you could be this and this and this I pegged one student to work for NASA one day so I didn't tell him that but I could see it I could see it maybe him being an engineer right um let's see imagination anticipates the needs and reactions of students um imagination enhances and facilitates the presentation of subject matter so kind of like you said changing it Mm -hmm. based on who your students are um imagination and teaching means being successfully creative Mm. 
Um, and that's then, what I pegged this. So yeah. when you first said imagination, imagination. Mm-hmm. I thought like creativity. Yeah. And my mind kind of jumped to, unfortunately it jumped to like the frills, you know, like the foo kind of oh, yeah. stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I agree with incorporating like a bunch of maybe I'm boring like foo-foo stuff yeah I'll read kind of at the end this little paragraph but it makes sense yeah because that's not what this is about by any no, means no it's not um and we'll go into character as well um later on but that's one of those things as well um and then imagination let's see imagination introduces surprise and excitement into teaching i like that one so that's one i was gonna read this just small little paragraph so it says those teachers are the ones who can bring theory to life who put on costumes makeup or masks (laughs) to impersonate historical characters (laughs) or who devise field trips that turn regional resources into sites of learning and i like this it just says imagination kindles imagination yes so like you said the frilly stuff but also like when we get to put on our costumes for westward expansion love it because they can tell that we're invested or i remember we walked in with our chitons on when Mm -hmm. we did greek fest and my students were gasping they thought like athena oh you look like a princess so funny or i dressed up as cinderella that was probably my most favorite day Mm -hmm. ever because i actually got to be a princess but yeah so like our school does this really great job of incorporating special events that tie into our curriculum. Yes. So, and it, it revolves around our history and science. So yeah. it's not just wear and a literature. Yeah. And literature. So that's what I love about it is that mm-hmm. it ties into our curriculum and it's learning based. It's not just wear right. a costume like Halloween day. <laughs> so we do like what Skylar was saying, the Westward expansion or Westward Ho Day. And the kiddos get to basically pull a wagon out quote-unquote west (laughs) which is like this grassy field yeah and they stake their claim they like rope off their homestead Mm -hmm. and then they just get to share a meal together and then they go around and they like um make butter they pan for gold they They do uh corn husking and all this stuff bowl roping and we're like in these (laughs) what would you say like pioneer we got like bonnets bonnets. floor length dresses it's so fun aprons (laughs) and then um for greek fest it's sort of similar but they go to a little i don't want to say lecture but a lecture yeah presentation about the battle of thermopylae and then they're all in chitons so like toga robe things and sky and i also dress up in these and we call ourselves like athena and we wear all these gold Mm -hmm. pieces of jewelry so fun it's so much fun. that's where that imagination comes in yeah that piece well and what i love about we study westward expansion and the beginnings of like america throughout first and second grade but our school does a field trip in second grade to if you're in arizona the pioneer history no the pioneer living history History museum Museum. um definitely check it out if you are in the phoenix area Mm -hmm. scottsdale area really really cool kind of puts them into that that time time. yeah Yeah, and there's a blacksmith there's a schoolhouse a church just all of these different things that they can visit and we send them on a scavenger hunt and Mm -hmm. it kind of takes what they're learning and puts it into this like perspective where they can see the west you know yeah. in essence yeah i love that it. it's really fun <laughs> Super so fun. you know as teacher i just i love going all out because the Me students too. love it and i i just when they see that you love it that just 
makes them love it even more. It does. Yeah. I mean, I even wore some silly <laughs> bug ears <laughs> yeah, on insect that. day. I love it. It was so fun. They do. Yeah. Oh, that's what that one student said. He called me a busy bee. that's cute (laughs) so that is imagination um the next one so number six we're on Mm -hmm. compassion so it says what is compassion in teaching so it's not simply affection um it is an emotional reaction to the ignorance of the young so meaning you not sympathize what did you empathize empathize i guess i don't know but knowing that children are not going to behave always so oh it's not it's not affection it's a an emotional reaction to the ignorance of young of the youth understanding that they're growing and developing that's from that's what i took from it so um it's the basis for the necessary patience of teachers (laughs) i mean like people always say you have to be patient as a teacher and you truly do you have to be a patient person well we were talking about it this morning like those students that tend to have you know those behavioral challenges to Mm -hmm. overcome um it's rooted in something you know, most of the time there's a root cause. Mm-hmm. I would say a hundred percent of the time in my opinion, mm-hmm. but it's, I could be wrong. It comes from somewhere, but yeah. it comes from somewhere. And as a teacher, when you seek to find that root cause, mm-hmm. it gives you a new perspective of addressing the behavior and helping those needs be filled mm-hmm. for each individual child. When I was in my bachelor's program, I loved this professor that I had. I think it was for, I can't remember if it was my classroom management class, but it was something where we were given like a quote from a student of like, um, I don't know, some behavior like, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It was like a quote. And then what we had to do was like, turn it into what are they saying in their head like where is it coming from why are they saying it right and I loved that it was like a bunch of different things of like well they could be tired they could be hungry like whatever it is or like like there's just so many different things it could be so well that's what's nice about establishing relationships with students and parents Mm -hmm. especially I mean the parents that are going to help guide you to find the root cause Mm mm-hmm but I mean, you have to, you have to have patience. You have to have that patience and compassion for mm-hmm. your students. So it ensures that teachers, um, rather than being scornful or condescending, which I've heard, yeah, <laughs> um, it's more, you'll be tolerant and understanding. So yeah. that, yeah, that patience, that compassion, you, you have to understand where your students are coming from. And um, it, it's going to be hard. Like It is. Not to sugarcoat it. No, it's so hard. And you have to take a step back and reevaluate yes. how you react to things. Because yep. I've had to do that already in the first year and a half of my, of being a lead teacher. I've had to think about, wow, I could have reacted much differently. And that's on me. I have to actually like think about it on a, I would say weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Because I do, I get... I mean, what I, we were saying this again this morning, you have seven, eight hours with them a day mm-hmm. and there's already so many things on your plate to get done and to accomplish and to finish by end of day, by mm-hmm. end of week, by end of month, by end of year. And it's stressful and mm-hmm. you do tend to get lost in that. Mm-hmm. And it is nice to take a step back and to reevaluate like why students are exhibiting X, Y, and Z behaviors and how you can help 
like alleviate sometimes mm-hmm. or at least lessen yeah that <laughs> that, that problem yeah um so it also says those who have forgotten how hard it was to attain their achieved levels of mastery in a discipline will never be successful or happy instructors Ooh. so those who cannot understand yeah how hard it was when they were kids when they were yeah. in school you're not you or, cannot be <laughs> or the ones that use their their own experiences mm-hmm. as an so I think about like the teachers the old at least I think of like the old teachers mm-hmm. um, sorry if you're an older teacher I might not be talking about you probably not at this point <laughs> but like when I was growing up the older teachers that had like that condescending scornful personality mm-hmm. I feel like came from a teacher that also or at least somewhere in their line of mm-hmm. developing their teaching skills came from someone who also exhibited the same mm-hmm. behavior yes yeah, I had a teacher in my practicum. I remember she, I can, I couldn't believe the ways in which she spoke to these oh. first graders. And it was awful. She was, it was her last year before retiring. And I just couldn't believe that. That shouldn't be tolerated. No, it really shouldn't. The way she spoke to these kids. And I just like couldn't believe it. They sat on the carpet each morning and she would go through each student and say, yesterday you earned three stars because you did this. Or yesterday you didn't earn any stars because you were bad in this subject. Like full on shame, shame, shame. And I I felt so uncomfortable in that classroom. Like I understand, I do. I truly understand that there is a teacher shortage, mm-hmm. but that should not be tolerated in a no, school. No, you're scarring these young children who are now going to hate school and... Yeah, that's why I'm so grateful that we constantly at our school have administration coming by for feedback. Oh, and yeah. Like we even do observations of each other to help better our practice. Mm-hmm. It keeps your bootay in check. Yes, it does. Because you don't have room to pull crap like that. Well, there's I, no room for that. And even just in teaching, like for spelling sometimes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't look at the words today. If someone mm. walks in and I don't know what I'm right. talking about. So it's that it holds that you thing. accountable. It does. And I I truly I do love it. It's a love hate. I hate I know. sometimes because my heart <laughs> starts pounding when somebody same. walks in. But at the same time it keeps me on my toes. Yeah. And it keeps me um like you said accountable for what I need to know. Yeah. I think administrators should be constantly and not it's not in a demeaning derogatory way at no, all. It's they actually always leave like a kind note on my yeah. desk saying, wow, I noticed that a student was doing this. Like, do you notice that? Or, and it's so helpful. It is. It is helpful. Cause sometimes it's things like you don't even notice, Yeah, you know? Well, there was a point in time where I was writing like missing work from students on the board and both me and my TA were like, it's probably not the best way to do it because it's like kind of calling them out on right. like what work they're missing. But I was like, ah, I'm, nobody seems to be bothered by it. So I'm just going to leave it up there. And so then it, then my headmaster came in and left a note and was like, wow, loved being in your class. Um, and just kindly said, is there another way that we can get missing work from students? Right. So like, then after that, not. I was like, you know what? You're right. I really shouldn't be putting it up on the board. Right. Sometimes I want to do that kind of little shame totally. here and there to be yeah. like, Hey, you're the only one missing it. Um, but I shouldn't but they do it with such like grace and oh, they're like especially yeah let's let's think of something together or like let's tag team this like how mm-hmm. can we it's never like why this? on earth would you do that yeah <laughs> it's, it's not like mean. demeaning by any means yes um okay so then these are kind of the bullet points of compassion so compassion requires first that teachers know who their students are 
So building that relationship with your students. Go listen to that episode. Yes. Um, compassion demands an adherence to high standards. Again, going back to <laughs> the authority. Yes. So it says to become known as tough but fair is one of the crowning achievements yes. of teaching. And I loved that because that's one of those things. That's where you gain that respect. They were like, well, they were really tough, but... I learned so much right. from them. Like, and I understand and I, why. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, compassion requires that teachers put themselves in their students' place. Mm-hmm. Um, compassion makes approval enjoyable and correction. Um, oh, I had to look up this word. Palatable, palatable. It means acceptable. I was like, I have never heard that word before. I had to write in my notes because I was like, I'm not going to remember. So it says compassion makes approval enjoyable and correction acceptable. So when you... Again, when you're disciplining with that compassion mm-hmm. component, um, it's enjoy. It's not enjoyable, but it's not harsh. I was going to say, it's also, it's easier to execute, like, when you're doing it with empathy, with compassion. You know, you're doing it out of love. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't, how do I phrase this? Like, if you don't discipline or correct you know like you're hurting them in the long run well that's what yeah so this it says good teachers correct their students but always in a way as to protect their dignity and their Mm self-respect so back to love and logic you want to correct them because you want to hold them to that standard um you care about them you want them to you got to do it in a way where they feel respected respected Mm -hmm. and they learn from it well and you're not injuring their self-worth exactly like that one teacher you were talking about like you're not carrying it to the next day I think we mentioned in one of our episodes like it's it's the action maybe it was the last episode but like it's the action and not the person Mm -hmm. yeah um let's see compassion requires avoiding favoritism so (laughs) we always say it you can't favor your kids but it happens it happens as a teacher you know it happens naturally there will be students that you connect connect with. with more than others um but you have to you you really have to get to know each student as an individual mm-hmm. um and not just like play those favorites no it's um, the worst like when you're a student and you know yes oh, we so had remember first year we had this student oh yeah he's like i'm your favorite and i was like no, he was not. like it was very <laughs> obvious who your favorites were and he like listed off it's kids, so and bad I was like, yeah. you're not wrong <laughs> like oh geez yeah so it's like when they can pick up on that definitely um yeah you want you want to stray away from that compassion moves teachers to acknowledge their students struggles um so with that one I thought this whole paragraph was really a good read so I'll read this for you most teachers are superior to their students in age experience (laughs) and and learning (laughs) but teachers must be aware of allowing that superiority to dominate their attitudes towards those who study with them so instead of saying I find this easy why don't you find or why do you find it so difficult good teachers will say yes that is difficult I had an awful time with it when I was learning it but let me see if I can explain it to you so that you can find it a bit easier than I did Um, then when the students have grasped the concept it will be time to praise so I remember spending three weeks grappling with that and you man managed it in four days well done hmm. so different things like that um mm-hmm. acknowledging their 
difficulties, essentially, their struggles. Um, Compassion means acting as a whole person. So teachers who display no emotions often silence the already introverted um, students who Mm -hmm. speak only when comfortable with the teacher. So that's where that comes in of like, you should show emotion to your students. I was going to say, and it needs to be more than like just joy and happiness. You know, you need to be vulnerable. You need to show your struggles. They have to understand there are so many different emotions that you can Mm -hmm. have and how to react to each of those emotions. Mm -hmm. I do a lot with like, because I am a person who is easily overwhelmed, um, especially with loud noises. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I often let my students know when I am feeling overwhelmed or frustrated or upset you know like whatever is going on I'm Mm -hmm. very transparent about yes and I say I need like for example if I'm overwhelmed I say I need big three breaths you are welcome to join me Mm -hmm. and then I'll take three big breaths and reevaluate reset and then continue forward and that's so healthy for them to see and And I need it too well and you need it and and for me I need to I as an adult am still trying to understand my emotions and how I should react to certain things. And there was a day that I legitimately was on the verge of tears in front of my students to the point where they knew it. I had a mom text me and say, hey, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to check in. Like so-and-so said you had like it was a rough day and that like they so they felt that emotion because I it was the end of the day and I was about to cry I was on the I was crying almost yeah and I was so frustrated the entire like I never felt that boiling inside Hmm. of me like I had that feeling of like boiling emotion inside of me and my students saw it and I had to walk out of the room to go to duty and I just like looked at Miss my TA and I looked at him and I said I'm gonna go to duty early I have to leave right now yeah and so the fact that I had a mom text me because my student picked up on the fact that I was so emotional but they have to understand like I didn't yell I didn't get I didn't get angry I just said I've never felt so disappointed well and you modeled how to leave a situation that you're uncomfortable with momentarily yeah you know and then you came back the next day and you reset yeah didn't you have a conversation no we did a full yeah team conversation I said I'm I I do apologize for getting upset but you need to understand why I was upset and I listed off the reasons why I got so upset um you know, they lost reading groups. They had to earn it back. Um, and they they understood it. Yeah. They did. And I think, in my opinion, that's a healthy way, you know, mm-hmm. to step out, to reset. And then mm-hmm. and I, I know that when you and I were in the same classroom, I did that once. You mm-hmm. know, like I had to step out yeah. and come back in because there, you all know if you're a teacher, there are times where you're going to get emotional mm-hmm. and it's okay to show that you not you're not a human is it okay you should yeah you should show emotion because they need to understand you're a human all being. of the emotions not mm-hmm. just like you said the well, joy especially the ones that have a difficult time identifying emotion mm-hmm. you know like yeah. they're still learning and growing and developing their own feelings and mm-hmm. how to express them yeah um so the last one is compassion is evident in a steady devotion to each student's future um so 
it says anyone contemplating teaching oh and this i starred you can see I starred mm, this that's a big star uh, it is a big star um anyone contemplating teaching as a profession should consider compassion as a measure of suitability the physical and emotional toll exacting by teaching uh, will be too much for those lacking it better by far that they have to leave the care of the ignorant to those who find their difficulties and their hunger to learn um, innately compelling those who experience difficulty in accepting the place of compassion in the classroom who resist the idea of sympathetic emotions or who prefer their working lives to be executive or exclusively intellectual should avoid teaching altogether and probably consider devoting themselves here it is <laughs> I thought this was funny. Uh, consider devoting themselves to less demanding occupations, such as politics or crime. <laughs> oh. oh. I oh read my. that and I was like, oh my The gosh. fact that they chunked together politics and crime, and crime is crime pretty funny. is hilarious. <laughs> so that's compassion. Basically, politics if you cannot, if you cannot have that compassion component, you shouldn't be a teacher. It's true, though. I mean, you it think is. about the teachers that you have that are not compassionate. And no. Honestly, they're scarring. <laughs> they are. They I hate are. to say it, but they put a bad taste in your mouth. They do. And you're such a model for these kids. I don't care what age level you're teaching. Oh, no matter. You are with them at least for an hour a day. Mm -hmm. You're going to make an impact on them. So if you're not ready for that, get Don't out. do it. <laughs> Okay, so that was compassion. Next one is patience. What is this? Number seven? I don't know. <laughs> we'll keep going. Um, so patience, as we mentioned previously, but this is, is I virtue? mean, <laughs> I say that all the time. I do I'm, too. I'm sorry. So we have nine virtues. I think we should have 10 and the 10th one has to be patience. I agree. Um, um, excuse me, our school. Are you I listening? Know, seriously. Let's add patience because we my should, goodness. You know, like the head haunches yes we should. Like, hey, can we add a virtue please i'm just gonna stick it on the wall and see what someone says <laughs> <laughs> just add it Ten up there says nobody would notice oh honest no one would notice because when you start your classroom out they just check that you have them and then right. after that they're like all right you have them but also like it shook so we do like an award ceremony at the end of the fifth grade promotion oh, yes. and nine students get um awarded a virtue. A, a virtue award mm -hmm. so it's like humility and honesty courage all these Integrity. things yeah yeah and so I, I think it would be nice to point out students that are patient, patient. yep because that's it is hard it's to be patient hard virtue how many times have you been told as a teacher wow you must be really patient mm -hmm. it's like yep. well <laughs> I, I, I my response every single time i try mm -hmm. it, it's not always there but i do try to yes. be patient Yes. So what is patience in teaching? Um, a teacher's willing willingness to accept students' limitations in their efforts to acquire knowledge so that students may sense that they have um, company in its pursuit. So it helps to arm teachers against dismissing errors as lacking utility or as unworthy of discussion. Question. You look confused. Kind <laughs> Well, hold on. My computer just scrolled. Oh. A teacher's willingness to accept students' limitation in their efforts to acquire knowledge. knowledge. So basically, this is pertaining to their academic, right? Like mm -hmm. their progress throughout the year. Yes. Okay. And understanding that it might not it's always. It's going to take longer yeah, for some students. It might not always it's happen fair. right away. It's totally fair. Um, 
patient teachers extend themselves without complaining. Oh, this is this is something. without complaining. No, let I me let me finish true. this sentence. So, if you're considering becoming a teacher, this one is going to hit you hard. Um, patient teachers extend themselves without complaining that additional effort may be unpaid work, or yep. that the extra work is not part of their professional yep. obligations. Yep, 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 yep. Please um, be prepared for that. So you are going to do it. We accept the responsibility of extra work when we take upon our calling. Or we take up this as our calling. Yeah. So basically, when you decide that you want to become a teacher, you are... (laughs) You're signing signing up for extra work that you're you're not being paid for. signing a contract that basically says, I know I'm going to have to work hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is true. But the thing is, it's worth it. Yeah. It is worth it. But I also see it, like going back to Carter, I mean, she's been doing it for 10 years now Mm -hmm. and she can leave right after school. because Because she has put in the work. She has put in the work to be able to leave right as mm-hmm. school ends essentially like yep. right at that 345 mark she can leave because she's done enough to where she doesn't have to put in no she still puts in she still puts a, in a lot of extra of time that she shouldn't have to but we always say you know te- it, it, you don't <laughs> it's a never you don't stop being a no, teacher it's you don't, you don't you don't turn off the clock like you don't clock out no. and that's it you go well that's the hard part of being a teacher it's mm-hmm. like so david's a fireman right he can't bring work home essentially yeah you know and i can <laughs> well not only Very can easily. you you have to you do because there's not enough hours in the day no, there's not <laughs> eight no. hours is not enough to be able to do what we do and i'm going back to i like how we're referring to our old episodes Mm. because they do tie in nicely but our work-life balance episode Mm -hmm. with carter you know like you do have to Mm -hmm. know when to turn it off yes and it comes with time Mm. but lots of time i i don't think i agree with the part where it says you have to do it without complaint like you do to an extent like you have to find your teacher friend to like well yes to but talk with it's not I don't see it as it's complaining. I mean, right. we complain, but it's not a complaining of I I I can't be a teacher. Right. Like I I can't. I don't. We I, would never leave the profession because of it. Yes. Yeah. No, That's how we see it. Um, okay. So the different bullet points. Um, patience gives students the time to learn. So steady pacing of instruction. Um, don't speed up just because it seems easy for Ooh, them. Yeah. That's something I've done a lot this year. For math. Yeah. I've really slowed down yeah. to like ensure understanding. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said earlier, like there's always this pressure of time, 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 you know, like yep. you have to get this done, especially for third grade and up where you're doing standardized testing by mm-hmm. X date. Mm-hmm like that is just so difficult but yes you so, have to get the foundation if you're going but to proceed even though it might seem easy there are the students that do not vocalize their mm-hmm. difficulties and you have to assume that someone in the class is struggling without yeah. showing it so just do not speed up your instruction just because it seems easy for them no don't jump over things especially foundational skills yes um patience takes into account the weakness of youth so teachers are foolish to expect students to behave prudent prudently (laughs) and with discretion at all times so that that's that component of they are children they're human they're human and they are children you also like can't tell me that I always refer back to seven because that's the age that we teach. But yes. any age, you know, you can't expect them to sit there for 45 minutes plus if you can't do that yourself. Mm-hmm. And I am telling you, I 
when we do our beginning of year trainings, I usually find a place on the edge so you can stand. or on the back so I can stand mm-hmm. because I am a person that needs to either stand or move like well, I can never, I, I, I'm, my legs are constantly moving even when I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll, every five or so minutes I have to switch my legs. Oh, how many times have I moved while we were sitting, sitting here? here? Yeah, that's exactly My it. bottom fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Um, patients, um, hopes for assist the gross up. Mm, let the me gross. Read. Gross. Growth. <laughs> patients hopes for assists the growth of, but does not anticipate maturity in students. Hmm. Patience hopes for hopes for and assists assists the growth growth of of, but does not anticipate maturity and so basically it's saying like it hopes for maturity it assists in the growth of maturity but you can't expect it you yeah you can't expect it i'm trying to see if i highlighted anything in that section without writing it no i didn't um so yeah let's see patience suffers fools gladly wait what <laughs> patient suffers fools gladly yes so i'm trying to find um what so does that mean i know this one was like kind of confusing to me so let me just read um the same ancient writer also noted that it is pleasant to play the fool in the proper setting students especially young ones are not likely to understand at least at first why classroom fun must be limited to an appropriate context one determined by the teacher it is teachers who must distinguish between foolishness that does not distract <laughs> from learning and the kind yeah. of folly that is uh, directly opposed to it. Yeah. The latter should not be tolerated under any circumstances in a classroom, but harmless fun, the kind generated naturally by the effervescence of youth, um, is not likely to harm the pursuit of knowledge and yeah. may even smooth the way toward it. Sometimes it's, it is hard to walk the line of like you know like being, being foolish too, like too childish yeah i almost sense. say like not giddy not foolish yeah. but like well that's why enthusiastic, i like enthusiastic yeah that's know? why like it said but harmless fun the kind generated naturally by the effervescence of youth and i had to look up effervescence but it's the enthusiasm mm-hmm. um and then the challenge to teachers is to channel youth's natural ebullience i had to look up that word it's the quality of being cheerful and full of energy so they have to challenge teachers have to challenge to channel their yes their general cheerfulness into the search of knowledge without dampening their curiosity and fun and coming from a person that is like i am very enthusiastic Mm -hmm. i'm very like oh my gosh exactly that what Mm -hmm. it just said right like i'm full of energy energy especially because the kiddos energize me as a person like that's what brings me energy Uh and so it is a very fine line to walk with them and sometimes in my fifth year now I've realized when I've taken it too far Mm -hmm. and I I tell them I'm like okay I have become too much we need to take a step back because it's no longer enhance enhancing our learning yes and I even see it too when because Matt my fiance is complete opposite personality of me and he tells me sometimes I act childish and I'm like mom I'm around children all day oh yeah and I kind of I have to have that kind of personality um but then I can also bring out obviously my maturity in a sense so um yeah so that one was kind of 
interesting. I was mm-hmm. like, patience suffers fools gladly. What does and that I was mean? Like, <laughs> um, patience must be exemplified by teachers. So from time to time, teachers will find it appropriate to explain their own patient behavior, um, how they arrive at it, and mm-hmm. what they try to do when they are fi- uh, failing to maintain it, and the cost they have paid when they have acted without <laughs> restraint or thought. So. Yeah. Telling your students stories of what happens when you're not patient or... Or showing it in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I do you have that. to. Again, it goes back to those emotions. You have to show those emotions. Mm-hmm. So models, meaning teachers, need be neither mute nor perfect. Yep. I liked that one. Let's see. Flipping my notes. Where am I at? Come patience. Patience never-, never loses sight of the goal and patience gives rewards to the self gives rewards to the self let's see if i had anything on that one because patience is a virtue (laughs) patience (laughs) is virtue i highlighted this i did like this sentence um sentences we wish that our students would move on and we want to move them on too but that desire is often more of a reflection of our hopes than of our students true situations they struggle they are confused they are not prepared to move forward so we harness our hopes to their condition so it's like mm. your students could be ready to move on and that's kind of and I've I've seen this in myself too where I kind of want to move them on because I want them to be ready but they might not necessarily be ready. Right. For let's say the next subject not mm-hmm. necessarily like for third grade but yeah. Patience. What? You should be patient. Oh, yes you should. All right. Number we're something. Tenacity. Tenacity. How are we on time? Where are um, we at? We're hitting 40. All right. But we got three more. I three feel more. Like we're going to power through. Let's do it. Tenacity should be pretty short. So what is tenacity? In its Latin origins means no more than the act of holding or the ability to hold. So tenacity may be the most difficult of any of the other elements of teaching to apply consistently, for it must always be applied in the same way in each situation and even-handedly among all students. So tenacity means above all things an acceptance of discouragement so learning rarely makes itself known immediately Um, it is cumulative and is likely to become apparent only after students have left their classrooms behind so hold on i have to i know i'm trying to to find a better like explanation but tenacity from what i got from this is um hmm so when I Googled it, the noun form is the quality or fact of being able to grip something firmly. Yes. So the quality or fact of being very determined or the fact or quality of continuing to exist. Mm-hmm. Persistence. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll skip around a little bit. So this one says tenacity makes burnout unlikely. So teachers Wait, who... really? Can- Teachers who can say that they have gone the full distance are unlikely to give up. So teachers who say that I believe I've put forth my full effort Mm -hmm. to help these students grow are less likely to burn out because they know that they've given it their all, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. But then I think about the teachers that like give it their all and then their environments aren't suiting. Yeah, it's I mean, it's where you are and who you're surrounded by totally um but but yeah so this one was harder for me to kind of um connect with or grapple with did we not use this word when it we were writing it was like an email or something 
we were like, oh, you have to use tenacity. And I didn't know what tenacity meant. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I'm just, remember. I'm trying to define more so yes. what tenacity, because it said, you said mean, in its Latin origins, it means no more than the act of holding. Or the ability to hold. But so, in teaching, mm-hmm. what does that Let me see if mean. I can find another one. So tenacity must be visible while unstated. So students can feel a teacher's singleness of purpose without ever being told what the teacher is up to. So meaning... Like transparency? Yeah, transparency, but also... But a student should feel that their teacher is doing everything they can for them, is how I see that. Okay. So a student should feel that they're like that their teacher is there to help them, is mm-hmm. there to help them grow. Um, and they're giving it their full effort. Like this is their yeah. they're giving primary it their area full, of concern. Effort. Um, let's see. This Yeah, again, this one is pretty hard for me to... Um, hmm. So it doesn't like talk well, about it in the sense of teaching like in it the does sense for the of teaching, others? No, I tried to find, I it says uh, tenacity like it's near kin patience. So like it's similar to patience. Um, few elements. Oh, here I Googled tenacity in teaching, oh. but it says students, students who can overcome challenges and approach their learning with resilience, perseverance, persistence, grit, and self-regulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says tenacity is like an automobile's fuel. It is not seen, but without it, the car goes nowhere. Okay, passion. Yeah. So it's the, it's the passion, the fuel behind what you're doing. A, a student needs for mm-hmm. the teacher to show passion within what they do. Yes. So it says tenacity is the quality that lies somewhere between patience and obstinacy. So I had to write down stubbornness is what that means so it's between patience and stubbornness um it is neither passive resistance nor mindless aggression it holds to what is needed for which or which for teachers should be what is true and good so with a firmness that never relents passive resistance can turn into a kind of martyr oh gosh i'm gonna pass on that sentence well i like the one that you marked here tenacity keeps teachers from giving up on difficult indifferent or failing students yes and that's exactly what that that is Mm -hmm. from what i understand so i don't want to kind of spend too much time on this one but essentially it says um Tenacity calls for unremitting, often unrequited effort, but is but it never justifies anger towards students for their failure to live up to their um, right. expectations. Um, tenacity keeps teachers from giving up, like you said, on difficult, mm-hmm. indifferent, or failing students. And tenacity means motivating high standards for self as well as for students. So it's just that ability to hold on to what is true to you right. is what I, uh, yeah. That one's a difficult one. Tenacity. (laughs) All right. Two more. We have character, which I think is a fun one, and then pleasure. So character, um, it says today's successful and admired teachers are more likely to be noted for their 
geniality, good humor, and tolerance than for their harsh discipline and scowling looks. <laughs> um, the classroom is not a stage, and those who feel obliged to assume different characters in order to be effective in it should probably not be teachers in the first place. Ooh. So like saying you have to put on a front. A front for your students. You should not have to be a different person in front of your so students. So true. Um, well, I mean like to an extent. You yes. Know, like you well, and that's what it says here. Self. A teacher's teaching character must be authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, a, all teachers ought to accept their own natural traits and strive to make them work in the classroom for the benefit of their students. Um, perfection is not required, but naturalness. Natural. That's is. the word. Yeah. That's where it is, is that you don't want to act a different way completely Mm-mm. in front of your students, but you take your own traits and you kind of up them a little bit in front of your kids well, from what I, and yeah. I'm sure you've been told like, this seems natural for you for have you been told that yeah yeah. same and I feel like gosh this sounds like a compliment to ourselves but I don't mean it that way by any means but like it's true the teachers that you remember most are the ones that seem like natural this is something natural for them Mm -hmm. this isn't something that is forced or uncomfortable yeah yeah it's something that they live in their personality day to day Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, so what teachers bring to their classrooms from their own lives outside is an essential part of themselves that should not be kept from mm. their students if it promotes learning. Totally. Um, your character must be consistent. Yes. Character means showing humanity by acknowledging lapses and errors. Yep. So that's that other thing of... Make mistakes. You make mistakes, you own up to your mistakes, and you, you help your students learn from them. I was going to say, and you, you model how to learn from your errors. Yes. Um, so I liked this, uh, let's see. Yeah. The humanity aspect of it. I liked this paragraph. Although confessions about a teacher's personal problems have no place in instruction, apologies for short temperedness occasion, occasioned by those problems will regain students trust and may instruct through exemplary, exemplary actions. So, any errors in teachers' uh, presentations discovered after the fact must be admitted and corrected as soon as possible. Totally. Yeah. Like one year, I messed up yards and meters mm, yeah. and I addressed it right away. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what I did. This is what we're doing to fix it. Yeah. And that's that aspect of it. Like they would all be so confused. Exactly. But that's that, that component of you need to be able to own up to your mistakes mm-hmm. and i vulnerable I've, and humble yeah and i've noticed it as i've gotten older that i'm able to accept my mistakes more yeah. and i'm not afraid to admit when i'm wrong whereas Same. in my early 20s or even early on in my relationship with matt i like i i hated being wrong totally and i never wanted to say like I was wrong in this situation and I'm sorry for it. Whereas now I can, I can reflect on what I did and I can be, and I can say to myself, I should not have done that. Or I, I reacted a way I shouldn't have. And I think teaching has helped with that. Well, and I wonder if it's a cultural shift or if it's just us in our age, but I Mm. feel like there's been a cultural shift toward vulnerability and Mm. to owning up to our mistakes and learning from them versus. I think that's more on, uh, I, not that I've, well, I thought there's more about it. like growth mindset. Brene yes. Brown's doing the vulnerability and all that. Stuff. And that's who we've surrounded ourselves with. Totally. I think. Well, um, and my mom has been like totally <laughs> pushing that on her good. colleagues as well. Love that. Uh, character requires sociability. 
so she sociability i got it <laughs> nailed it um nailed it. St- students need to feel that their teachers are approachable and interested in their lives Heck as yeah. well as their learning totally so your students should feel like you want to get to know them like you care about them outside of their academics because you yes, should you should, you should actually <laughs> give about their mm-hmm. lives and who they are as a person and what they come from yes because most of the time it's really fascinating oh oh i love getting to know students and they're all so different like there's so many wonderful things that they invest themselves in like oh, yeah. horseback riding and gymnastics and acting and this oh, that and the I other love it. I the love violin it. the piano all these things that i never got to do as a child so i'm always so mm-hmm. intrigued by what these students yeah. get to do in their childhood well in our first year there was that student um who works on, worked on his pool with his dad mm. and you know like Sunday he could potentially take over that family business and you see like the hands-on work that he's mm-hmm. so interested in it's beautiful yes it's really cool I liked this one characters should mature with age so teachers who impersonate themselves at earlier points in their careers um, invite ridicule meaning like if I were if we were older as we get older mm-hmm. we shouldn't continue to act as we do now what why meaning like your character should mature with you i mean yeah but But i think i'm pretty cool (laughs) take with that what you will (laughs) um characters should be distinct and individual so you that just goes with your own personality you want to you want to keep to what you do all right last one my favorite pleasure um this sentence was my favorite most teachers teach because it gives them the deepest sort of satisfaction and this is how it should be one thousand percent yes so let me read this one's short but i think the absolute most important one so it is difficult to imagine effective teachers who do not have an abiding fascination with their subjects, um, who do not love being among students, and who do not gain fulfillment from nourishing others' minds and lives. Mm-hmm. Most people who teach also do so in part because it involves plain good fun, laughter, humor, mm-hmm. and wit. Teaching, that is, ought to bring and give pleasure of many kinds. It should be play as well as work. The classroom should be a place for light hearts as well as serious minds. It should be a place where knowledge is fastened to desire and where the passion for understanding is satisfied. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I loved that. Um, So the different uh, just points to this one pleasure means creating an atmosphere in which students enjoy learning so that's where that love of learning comes in your students should feel that you love to learn therefore they will love to learn and it all ties back to really what we wanted to premise this conversation on is like the sense of wonder Mm -hmm. when we were thinking back to doing this episode like having those students ask Mm -hmm. the hard questions the questions that you don't know the answer to solely because they are curious and they want curious. to know more. Yes. I remember when I sat down with our Dean of Instruction and she just simply asked me, she said, where do you think sense of wonder comes from? And I was like, what do you want me to think of that? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, what makes you curious? And I thought about it and I said, well, when I had teachers that loved mm-hmm. their teaching, yeah. like that loved, loved the subject, the subject that they taught, I became yeah. curious about history when I had a teacher who loved history. Like, it's just bottom line. I feel like that's where it comes from. Um, 
Yeah. Pleasure requires letting others' wit shine. So serious classrooms mm. need not be somber ones. They can often be filled with uh, roll-licking laughter, it says. I love that. <laughs> and I do. It is so true. It is. You should be able to laugh with your kids. Mm-hmm. And I always have to do the, all right, let's get back to, yeah, like, whatever it is. Um, but yes. Pleasure. So, well, yeah. Sorry to interrupt no, again, go. but when we were doing the War of 1812, you know, like we kept leaving them on cliffhanger after cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much fun because they were, every time I would finish a, a lesson, mm-hmm. they would be like, no, no, like keep going, keep telling us more. And yeah. I was like, they're like, oh. wait, but who won? Right. But who won? But, but what happens next? And <laughs> yes. just, it was at the beginning when we were talking about what was happening on land and what was happening mm-hmm. at sea at and sea. Like, wait but 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 what what happens next i'm like i'll tell you on Wednesday. this day yeah, yeah. <laughs> um pleasure leads teachers to reveal their own joys and pleasures in learning and teaching mm-hmm. uh pleasure means acknowledging the difficulties as well as the joys of learning so uh, yeah the honesty that comes with this is gonna be hard but it's yes. gonna be worth it well and that's like when we study renaming you mm-hmm. know i love to preface with this is going to be challenging yes but you are going to overcome so much mm-hmm. and i love i do like this nerdy Your math mountain, mountain. Yeah, and we that. like hike up the mountain together and it's it's, cute. it's fun because it is a doozy of a unit and it's definitely super difficult mm-hmm. but when faced with joy i mean they get really excited especially as they get the hang of it yes as well um, this next one, I double starred because this is what we talk I about all that. the time. Pleasure comes from witnessing the successes of former students as the years go by. Oh, that one's going to make me cry. <laughs> That's so true. That's where that, I mean, I mean, we've said it. We, the reason we wanted to be teachers was to see and be a part of these students' lives and to see what they grow up to be. Well, and I would also like to add in there pleasure comes from witnessing not only the successes but the struggles that they mm-hmm. overcome along the way you know I do like that yeah. being a part of their challenging moments and being a support and a role in that mm-hmm. is I just love when they come back you know yep. in, in third grade when they're like yeah I'm studying long division yeah this that and the other it's I just love being a part of that journey mm-hmm. with them. And I'm going to lose it Ugh. when the fifth graders walk out this I year. Know. It's going to be hard, but amazing. Yeah. In its ultimate form, teacher's pleasure arises from the knowledge that their students have learned something from them. Mm. So I would it, hope so. <laughs> I know that's, I mean, and that's the thing is like, especially when I've had a parent email me about their child learning something, not academic, but yeah. uh, a, a way of coping with certain emotions and mm-hmm. they said that she got that from me that's when I like yeah. that was probably the most amazing email I've ever received um so just learning anything not just academics but anything yeah um it is laughter playfulness and wit that can or that by contrast open doors to the mind as well as the heart that are indispensable ingredients of the art of teaching mm-hmm. And then the art of teaching. the art of teaching. That's what that it started out art. with. Is that te- that teaching is an art? It is. I should have. I think maybe I said that. I don't remember. But let me finish off the by laughter and playfulness and wit and wit. Mm-hmm. I like the playfulness part. So this was kind of in the afterward. Um, after afterward, <laughs> that. I felt like it kind of summed up everything as to why they wrote this book. So the two authors, um, they said, because all teachers have been students, we are confident that most readers will recognize 
in what we have written that, or I'm sorry, what we have written, the echoes of their own experiences that they will uh, recollect what it was like when they began to be students who at first found schoolwork and classroom assignments neither easy nor natural, and that they will therefore acknowledge that our depictions of the elements of teaching are applicable to their own lives. The end. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. But... I, I mean, this book was amazing. I know I'm going to give it to you and you're yeah. going to read it, but I'm really excited about reading it. You'll see. I have it all marked up for you. Good. And you, <laughs> you already like looked up the difficult words. I me. did. <laughs> I, I circled a lot of words and I, I, I remember when I was reading it, I just kept the, my dictionary Smart. like mm-hmm. app open on my phone and I was like looking up all these words. I can't wait to read it. Yes. I really do feel like it's going to just define what we do in another way. It does. And it's and beautiful. It, and it, I feel like this is a book that I'm going to keep and read when I feel like times get hard. I was going to say it's it's empowering yeah. in a sense, you know, as a teacher going through all the, these elements. And I almost feel like it is describing us as a person, mm-hmm. you know, like in order to be a successful teacher and to mm-hmm. make impacts. Like these are the qualities that you have to portray. Yeah. And I feel like we're, we're doing our best to portray all of those things. <laughs> yeah. And it gives me like some things that I know that I can work on. Yeah. Moving forward. Absolutely. And it is a nice like refresher. Mm -hmm. Well, we made it to an hour. Yay. (laughs) Again. (laughs) I do. Although it wasn't an hour and not all of our episodes are this long. I feel like this was a really great conversation to have. And I look forward to having it like documented so that we can constantly be refreshing. And And I hope now you don't have to go back and reread the book. You can just listen. listen. That's so true. (laughs) Especially because I read half of it to you all. So So maybe you don't need to read it. There you go. (laughs) Two hours of listening versus hours and hours of reading. You're welcome. (laughs) You can go take a quiz on it now. You're ready. You're ready. You're ready to go. But let us know what elements you feel are the most important. All of them are important, but maybe... Which one resonates with you the most? I like that better. Thanks. Well, remind me to put that on the gram when this airs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thanks for listening and being a part of it. We appreciate all of you. (laughs) Always. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I know... We say it every time, but well, we need we're to. we're going to keep saying it. Yeah. Because, because everyone else that has a podcast it. does. Yes. So. <laughs> and we want, we want, we truly want to know what we can improve on. Yeah. We want to know where we can reach you the most, mm-hmm. what you want to hear from us, how we can keep wonderful teachers in the profession of teaching mm-hmm. because we can't afford to lose anyone else we really can't we can't (laughs) not in arizona so yeah reach out to us um either on instagram at teachers underscore talk underscore podcast that's one way email us at teachers talk pod at gmail.com and i think those are like kind of our two main places those are if you have suggestions of where to reach us elsewhere like i don't i'm not doing a facebook i'll tell you that right now i think that is a dangerous place so I think two Sorry, is, Mark Zuckerberg. is enough. Everyone has an email or an Instagram. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> Plus, I posted one of the TikToks that I made on my I did personal account. I should just transfer it over and make it our Let's just podcast. start making TikToks. Let's we do should. it. We'll get hip with the Gen Zers. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All those 20-year-olds. Gross. <laughs> I don't know how to, I'm chuggy, you guys. Oh gosh. I wear a beanie with a little fluff ball up oh, top. Yeah, I didn't so. know what that meant until you said it yesterday. 
Wait, really? Chuggy? You haven't heard Chuggy? Chuggy. Yeah. No. I am, I guess, the definition of, of Chuggy. Is it like the same as, what was the word from our generation of like, not, what does Chuggy mean? Chuggy means like, you were trendy, but it's no longer cool. So like Michael Kors, Chuggy. Oh. Beanie, pom-pom hats, like we had a word Chuggy. For that. Not basic, not like. Yeah, but I feel like I can't say that here. <sighs> I don't know. I think I know what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think I does start with an H? No. What? Never mind. Just tell me after because okay. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Thanks for listening. <laughs> we love you all and we'll catch you next week with, we're going to do a little book study next week to go over what we were talking about with Allison. We are? Way back when. Yeah, I already prepped it. Don't <laughs> okay, worry. It's cool. ready. It's my turn she to do the research. She said book study and I immediately <laughs> internally panicked. I said, I no. have not read a book. What are you talking no, about? No, remember we're taking turns. Yes, so you're, you're in the right. clear. All right. Love you all. Have Thanks a wonderful weekend and or week or whatever, whatever time, time of, of the year it is. That you're listening. Have a great one. <laughs> Love you all. Goodbye. Bye.